0: Matters from the Salvos. Be careful, it's
1: my heart. It's not my watch you're holding, it's my heart. In light of a recent strike by up to 67,000 teachers in New South Wales walking off the job to protest the 2.5% cap on public sector wage rises, which they say will result in a real-term pay cut once inflation uh, is taken into account, we thought we'd take a look behind the scenes at what teachers in general around Australia have to deal with in their job. I remember back on my career, I went to college to be a primary school teacher, and four of my friends were also doing their dip-ed, Of the five of us, one fell off a cliff and survived and never went into teaching. One did only one year of his dip head, and the thought of having a classroom of 30 different personalities was too much to bear. One is still teaching and hates it and declined an interview telling me that it was too stressful for him to even talk about it. One is still teaching and loving it and the other ended up becoming headmaster and then getting out and that was Jeff Bean who I've got on the phone now. Jeff what enticed you into teaching in the first place?
0: I think the bottom line is that I really enjoy um, working with young people, uh, particularly primary age. I think you can bluff the primary age children more than you can the secondary kids. But yeah, I really enjoy the, you know the innocence of kids. I know that uh, over time, uh, you know, behaviour of kids in classrooms is probably worsened, but um, yeah, I still enjoy it. I still uh, enjoy the idea of uh, spending a, a few hours with kids, and by and large, they've got inquisitive minds, and they just really love to learn, so yeah.
1: David Colley from the Australian Education Union was telling me that according to Graduate Career Councils of Australia, the six highest paid professions in Australia today are dentistry, optometry, engineering, medicine... Earth Sciences and Teachers, with teachers straight out of uni going into a job of around $57,000 a year and with the ability to go up to about 83000 as a teacher. And most uni students um, don't go into teaching for the, the salary. They actually go in because they want to make a difference in kids' lives.
0: Yeah. I think over the years I remember when I first started the uh, i won 't mention <laughs> my first pay packet it was It was dismal, but I think over the years it was uh, it 's improved uh, considerably uh, these days. I think uh, teachers are you know more well looked after, but I think if you go into the profession uh, such as teaching for money uh, you know the uh, the excitement's going to run out very quickly because you know I give it a couple of days in the classroom and you realise that it's uh, it's there's some hard yakka
1: involved. Do you remember the first day that you stood in front of your classroom of your new teaching job?
0: I don't remember the first day. I remember uh, the first week, uh, looking looking forward. I think to to starting the class and I had my my list of kids and I was learning off their names. I was really looking forward to to, to meeting the kids. Uh, it didn't take long for me to realise that it was going to be hard work. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Within the first hour, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty much it. (laughs) I think when you mention the word homework, things sort of go downhill from there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) How did it feel then uh, as you went on in your um, teaching career? How did you feel? Did you feel like you'd made the right choice still?
0: Yeah, look, I don't regret any of my my teaching career, and I tell you what, the the, the biggest thing that uh, that helped me get through that was the was the mentoring, being able to connect with uh, with some of the other more experienced teachers in the school. And mm-hmm. I remember in my first year, the head of uh, maths spent an hour with me, uh, and she gave me a crash course in in uh, how to present maths in the class. And I think I learned more in that hour than I did in a couple of years at uni, the you know a couple of years before that. Thing. Really. It was a really good opportunity to connect with them. And then I think the second year, uh, yeah, I was able to team teach. And this lady had been teaching quite a number of years, 15 or so years. And she was very different to me. And she had a reputation where she'd let the kids, you know, swing off the chandeliers, so to speak. But she had a really good uh, rapport with the kids. And even though they were a handful, she seemed to know how to handle them. So I spent a lot of time observing her, and over the years, I think um, I was able to hold on to that and develop my own style.
1: Yeah. And can you tell us a few uh, tips of what that style was? How you managed to control them? A class of 30 different personalities, you know? Yeah, yeah. Lots of sleep at night, but <laughs> I think I learned
0: not to try and uh, be a control freak with them. Right. You could say how many different personalities, but as you say, that, uh, you know, it's not a one-size-fits-all and uh, there's a, I think when I first started, there was that uh, expectation that you have to treat them all equally. But, you know, in fact, uh, it's, it's not that way at all. <laughs> you need to treat them very differently because they are different. And even these days, they're talking about uh, meeting the individual needs. And I think more so you need to treat them differently for that reason.
1: Do you remember a worst moment as a teacher?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I remember a lady coming to my door Uh, One of the parents came to my door when I was teaching uh, social studies. I was teaching a five, six, seven class for a couple of years and she was a a large set lady and she came to the door and said, I need to talk to you. (laughs) And uh, at that moment, everyone froze. I don't think anyone in the classroom knew what to do. Anyway, I I took her to the, the, the central office area past the receptionist and we spent about a half an hour in the room talking stuff through. When I came out... I remember, the, uh, and the lady had left, the parent had left, the receptionist looked at me and she said, I was really worried about you in there. And I said, why is that? And she said, well, a couple of years ago, that lady knocked a guy out at the bowls club. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, funnily enough, six months later, uh, we were over at her place for dinner, so things turned out well in the end. But You're kidding me. She you. certainly was the personality that you didn't muck around.
1: So you won her over with your charm and your ability to, uh, to lead the classroom. Oh, yes, you say all the right things. I don't know how I got got around that one, but uh yeah, got out of bed the right way, I think. How many years were you a teacher? Um, all up uh, nine years. And then you decided to move into being headmaster?
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, all up about 14 years' worth in the education system. Wow.
1: What was it like as a headmaster?
0: I really enjoyed it overall, except when my son in preschool got sent to the office for the first time. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, but look, I think overall it was a really good opportunity for me to not only connect with kids, but it was also an opportunity to support uh, teachers. And it and it was a really deep learning curve. Uh, I don't think there's ever a time where a school principal says that he or she has the school where they want it.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's it's a constant battle, I think, in a lot of ways. Tell me what you said to your son and what why he was sent. <laughs> he was being disruptive in the
0: classroom and he looked at me when he walked in he said, "Hey dad, you know how you're the boss of the school." I said, "Well, I said, "I'm well, not really the boss, but go on." He goes, "Am I the boss as well?" <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness it was illegal to give the cups then <laughs> in the public school system. Yeah. So
1: he escaped that.
0: We had a we had a stern conversation, I think, and uh yeah, Fortunately, he wasn't sent back after that, not for a, a number of years anyway.
1: <laughs> I remember getting the cuts when I was in primary school. It was a scary moment, I tell you.
0: Yeah, actually, um, one of the things I tell the, the kids, they say, what was it like in the, in the days of getting the cane? And I'd share the story how I got the got the cuts in grade three.
1: Um, it's
0: not a nice experience.
1: It's shocking. Yeah. I was in grade six, well, and yeah. it was because I was flicking rubber bands with a ruler. So
0: it must have been a very
1: engaging uh,
0: lesson at the time. Eh?
1: It was. <laughs> So why did you end up leaving uh, the education system, leaving as a headmaster?
0: Yeah, it's come to the point now for me, um, I do run my own business and it's uh, still similar in that I'm in the education training field, but I really enjoy standing alongside and behind those people, those leaders, those teachers, um, executives in, in business and, and supporting them. So it's, it's really about resourcing leaders. What I do miss is connecting with the kids. <laughs> I don't see very much of the kids anymore, but I think I still get the satisfaction because particularly when I'm working with, uh, with teachers, I know that, uh, and hope that what I'm, I'm off- offering uh, educators is, is really filtering through and uh, benefiting the, the kids in the end, so it's still satisfactory.
1: How did you feel about the constant uh, transfers from one school to another when you were a teacher?
0: I chose my transfers... Uh, my wife and I are very strange in that way, and we we, we really like to move around, right? Um, and and take the kids with us. And it was a really good opportunity for the kids as well. And there were some uh, scenarios where we you know we re- really wish it wouldn't have happened, but uh, all in all, it was it was a good experience and a great journey. So yeah, we, we chose our transfers, and in fact, in one particular case, uh, Augustella. North of Charleville in Queensland, we, we ticked all but at that time we had no idea where that was or what the town looked like. We just went out there and uh, decided to go for it. And since then I'd heard the story of a young teacher who'd got off the bus, uh, spent about five minutes looking around, um, thinking, oh, this is my new teaching post. And uh, within five
1: minutes he was back on the bus. <laughs> Seriously. Yes. That's hilarious. Many years before I, I turned up. But <laughs> So how do you feel when you hear about incidents at primary schools in Sydney, for example, where one primary school student stabbed another one with a knife?
0: Yeah. They're the times that you don't want to be a principal. <laughs> yeah. It is. It's very sad. And um, I, I guess over the years, what um, a, a number of teachers taught me is that even though that behavior is incredibly, you know, it's, it's obviously unacceptable. Um, it's the same with kids and the same with parents there is luggage you know if if a child walks in the door late one morning I was taught to always think okay there's more to the story rather than just disciplining them um, or giving them consequences for being late there's always more to the story and I think it's the same with, uh, with parents. There's so much luggage that um, many parents are carrying, or all carrying luggage to a degree, but some of them have just got to that point where they're so frustrated and they don't know what to do about situations that are happening in the school, outside of the school. Uh, and I think it's really important that um, teachers and parents take that into consideration when they are dealing with it. Yeah. But from a principal point of view, uh, we need to see the big picture of what's going on so we can help resolve
1: it. Did your faith help you at all?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Daily. Really? <laughs> Even the times where I wasn't focused on, uh, you know, drawing strength from uh, from what I'd call my creator, uh, I would be reminded of, uh, you know, those days often would not go very well. Um, and the times where I, I believe that I was in touch and I was trying to listen to what he was telling me, things were not necessarily easier Um, But yeah, I think overall they would go a lot smoother and there were also opportunities one-on-one where I was able to share my faith. Um, Obviously, there'd be times as well where, you know, um, I wish people did not know that I had a faith in the way that I'd behaved. Uh, um, Didn't give a really good um, impression, but overall, uh, I I really don't believe it would have lasted those 14, 15 years without my faith. Really? I would have gone a lot earlier.
1: (laughs) It's my heart, it's not my watch you're holding, it's my heart. We were talking with Jeff Bean, ex-school teacher and headmaster. I thought it was interesting how Jeff said that kids' behaviour in schools has become worse, which we all know about, and can be argued, coincides with outlawing the cane. In the ancient scriptures, in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 24, it says, Whoever spares the rod hates his son, but the one who loves him disciplines him diligently. So what do we do in a society where it's legal to uh, discipline with the rod? Well, there are other safe methods, and never underestimate the power of prayer. It's yours to take, to keep a break, but please, before you start, be careful. It's my heart